0: Oh, we're going. We're good. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Welcome. Holy
1: functional Sunday. <laughs>
0: yes. We put the fun and functional.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> I like your mug.
1: It's Thank the big you. Big Oddities
0: Energy Mug. That is one of That's my right. favorite mugs.
1: I gotta tell you, this is a great fucking mug to drink coffee out of.
0: I love a multi-purpose mug. Well, you know I like to eat soup out of mugs. And that's a great soup mug.
1: Yeah, which is always so interesting to me.
0: <laughs> like I said, it's efficient. Because, like, uh, yeah. you know?
1: You're exactly right. Yeah. Just so. fiddling with my microphone because it's there. Fiddle Fine. faddle. <laughs> Boy, we're coming in hot this morning. Yes, we
0: are. Welcome back to Oddities. I'm Cassie. I'm Anna. And welcome back to Strangetown. And welcome back people who've never left Strangetown.
1: Well, residents, future residents, current residents, past residents.
0: All types of residents here in Strangetown. Um, Right. You know the deal. Our social media is linked in the (laughs) description. So is our merch store, and so is our Patreon. If you would like to donate to our show, you could do so for as low as a dollar a month uh and that gets you access to a bonus video episode every week and all former um like patreon episodes too, so that's yeah. cool and fun and funky and fresh,
1: yeah, and they've been going off the rails lately, and it's been great,
0: <laughs> a little peek <laughs> into the deterioration of our minds. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah, but how are you, dude? Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm chilling. I've been I got a body pillow. Oh, here we go. Ready? I got okay. a body pillow. Uh-huh. Dude, that thing is a game changer.
0: Almost thirty.
1: There it is. <laughs> there it is. It's just like I had full conversations with. Uh, I was FaceTiming with. One of my best friends last night, we were having full conversations about things that, like, didn't matter. And I, it's just, like, appliances we're buying, things we're doing, and we're like, remember when we were excited about going out? Now I'm like, I got a body pillow, I'm going to bed.
0: <laughs> you want to you wanna hear something that I'm excited about that we're going to do after I'm done editing today? Of course. We're going to go through our kitchen cabinets and get rid of shit
1: we i just did that
0: i love it i love it i love it so much we're taking a like we're taking a section of a room each weekend and we're just it's time for the great clean out
1: yeah yeah i have to do that with my wardrobe i can feel it coming
0: uh yes yeah well i'm i'm due for my springtime donation i donate twice a year and so it's time because we we love a we love a tax write-off as well
1: I always, every time I donate, I just forget to include that in my, it it doesn't bother me. I'm always just like, whatever. But it just just feels...
0: It feels good to do.
1: Yeah, and it just is like, the clothes I don't wear anymore, like, it's not like they're deteriorating. Especially now, when I don't wear half of my wardrobe, I'm like, oh, I can just give this away.
0: Yeah, somebody else can use it. You know, and and a lot of times, if if I'm retiring one of my favorites, but it's still in good shape, I give it a little hug, and then I put it in the bag for a donation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love retiring. I love that as the verb.
0: It's going on to greener pastures.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's right. You hang up the jersey, it's done.
0: Anyway, I'm thrilled for you about your body pillow. That's great.
1: It's very exciting. And I, let's see, what have I been consuming? Well, I've been consuming one thing a lot. But we, I watched The Chestnut Man on Netflix. Okay. I talked about this on a bonus, I think.
0: I think you, yeah, I think you mentioned this one.
1: Yeah, so, by the way, if you guys don't know, we pre-record these episodes, but the bonuses are more up-to-date. Correct. Like, of the current world.
0: Yeah, like, we typically record the bonuses two days before they air.
1: Air. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is gonna be, I think, a few weeks in advance. Um. Yes. But- yeah, The Chestnut Man, it was a Danish show. Wow, it was so good.
0: Excellent. We love that. Never
1: saw it coming. We do. Wow. And then I've been watching Taskmaster, which is a <laughs> British show. Okay. And it's my favorite thing in the whole world. What is it? It's, they, Greg Davis, who's a comedian over there, he and alex horn who i guess also is a comedian but he alex horn created the show but it's basically like their alex horn is like his his like buddy okay kind of and but greg davis is the taskmaster and they get five comedians and they make them do ridiculous tasks and every (laughs) series every series is comprised of like six or seven episodes and every series they bring on five new contestants it is so funny. Where do you I, like, find it? It's on YouTube. I found it oh, on YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube? Okay. Ooh, maybe yeah. I'll have to try it. Ooh, okay. It's it's like if Jackass, if its intended purpose wasn't to hurt anyone,
0: yeah. and it's just funny. Oh, that's cool. I like that.
1: Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll give you some examples of tasks they've done. They had a task where they had to have an argument. And it, they're, like, people would go it, take it in turns, obviously. But right. you can't say more than ten words. And your last word has to end on a four-letter word. So it's just <laughs> comedians like, just getting frustrated thinking of four-letter words. It's so funny. Then they have tasks where they're like, move all of this water in this fishbowl into the other fishbowl with only these objects. And they give them like <laughs> a colander, a sponge. Like, it's so funny. I like it. It's so, every task that they come up with, I'm like, this is so ridiculous. The first episode of the first series ever, they had them, they were like, eat this entire watermelon, and they walk, and they give them no tools, and they walk, I mean, they can go in the house and stuff, but they don't realize it. It's, it's like interesting, because it's, it's like really dumb things that you can do really smartly if you're paying attention, and it's so (laughs) funny. It's so funny.
0: I like that. I'll have to try it, because I don't know, I, I love a good laugh, so.
1: Yeah, basically, I'm looking for slightly intelligent, but mostly dumb things. That's what I'm going for these days.
0: <laughs> Aren't we all?
1: <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, is the title of my autobiography. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good. Um, Let's see. Uh, Like I said, we're going to clean out the cabinets, so that's, you know, thrilling stuff. Last night, I... Uh... Uh, pardon oh. me. last night I got a little lit and I worked on the um, project for our Twitch live stream <laughs> whoa
1: I love that you got a little lit
0: it was like a touch of lit and then um, school starts up again this week but by the time this comes out I've been in it for two weeks so I wonder how it's going
1: <laughs> I'm sure it's going grand I'm
0: sure it's grand I already heard from my infectious disease professor so that's cool Oh my God! I did
1: not know where that sentence was going to end up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I'm taking infectious disease this semester, and also marketing for biotech. But so that'll be a breeze. But yeah, I'm um I'm looking because that's what I do now. <laughs> so it's just it
1: like... it's just a funny dichotomy of <laughs> subjects there.
0: <laughs> I know. And um yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to learning about 50 new ways that I can die, so I can increase my oh, paranoia. Yeah. And, uh, Add it to
1: the list along with traffic lights.
0: Traffic lights, and I have a lot of things. And there was something that happened the other day, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is a new thing to be afraid of." And now I don't remember what it was, but I'm sure. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. I'm sure it'll come back. And yeah, so you know, that's that's really it for me. You know, a little this, a little of that. Still doing the yeah. use you know, biking, and I don't have to plan the wedding anymore, so that's cool. And yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I are. feel like I, I just went on a run for the first time in forever, and it was icy. So oh, no. it, would, it was normal running, and then instantly body tortoise. You're just like, go, I'm just clutching everything as I yep. walk very slowly across the ice.
0: This is the time of year where I consistently walk around like I have a pole up my ass, because I don't want to right. slip and die.
1: <laughs> also, it's getting to those temperatures where you're like, I don't know if this is ice, or if, I, if this just is a sidewalk.
0: This is, it's been balls cold. It's been in the negatives pretty consistently where we are in Pennsylvania. And also, just like the real feel though. Like, if you look at shit, it's like, real feel of like, <laughs> I don't know, two degrees.
1: It's ridiculous. Like, God damn it.
0: This is also, not your I just realized. Cold. It
1: yeah. It isn't. I just realized my mic is picking up something. And I think it only does it in my room because I'm recording in my room. It's picking up like a. I mean, I'm at my work station, so I'm wondering if it's just like all the electronics.
0: Maybe so. That's fine. It'll be okay.
1: That's annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It'll be okay. I can uh, I can try and silence the bits when you're not talking, so that it's not just like. Mer.
1: All right. Yeah, but if you guys can hear it, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but also we're 10 minutes in, so. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere else.
0: That's it. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, that was quite the introduction today. Sure was. Yeah. Oh, oh, and this week was a great week. I did, I did some big stuff at work. And so that was exciting. Now that's everything. Now I'm done.
1: Huzzah! Yay!
0: And uh, yeah, so should we should we get rocking and rolling and splishing and splashing and
1: and all those things and all
0: those things at once. Um, mine is actually pretty uh, wild, but like it's it's kind of like a little bit of like local folklore, but not like local to where I am. It's local as in like Mexico.
1: <laughs> all right, I'm into or, that.
0: All right, shall we?
1: Yeah, because is... I have a I have a conspiracy theory.
0: Oh, conspiracy theory. So this is from this one's from one of our listeners, so thank you. We love the suggestions. We have a lengthy list, so here we are.
1: Ooh, it's an odd fam suggestion episode. It's an odd
0: fam. Oh, is yours also? Mm-hmm. Ooh! Okay, how exciting. Okay, I love these episodes. So we know that sometimes involved Embalmed, embalmed, em, embalmed corpses.
1: <laughs> oh dear. Okay, that's where they're, we're they're, going.
0: They're on display sometimes, right? Like we've talked about uh. this with with the uh, the mummy I covered a little while back. Like if you if you go to Moscow's Red Square, apparently you can see Lenin's body. I didn't know that. Um, oh, that seems you, weird. Did you see popes that are like on display at the Vatican when you went? Did you did you see that shit? I don't think so. Okay, well, apparently, like they were for a period of time. So, like, okay, that's always. I don't like, like that. It's kind of freaky. So, you know, this this is the one that I'm talking about today is a supposed embalmed corpse. Uh, but we will we will get to the the backstory a little bit. It's La Pasqualita, which is a Mexican tourist attraction that has long had people wondering whether it's a mannequin or a corpse being used as a mannequin.
1: Okay, either what? one of those options. <laughs> this is like not not a fan.
0: Two of my least favorite things all at once. Like,
1: yeah, for real. You have
0: option one, which is mannequins, which we know how I feel about fucking mannequins, and then you have Ugh. option two, an embalmed corpse. What the hell? So
1: I'm not having this.
0: You should look up a picture of her though, because it's it's pretty crazy, right? So she is La Pasqualita is certainly more lifelike than any of the bullshit department store mannequins that we've discussed. <laughs> Perfect. Her her face is. I hate
1: her. Her
0: face is actually kind of like expressive, and there's like thick eyelashes, and like she's got that glassy-eyed look going on. But here's what's really crazy: is if you look at a picture of her hands in particular, they were constructed with like a painstaking detail, and her legs have varicose veins.
1: I I have to tell you, I just pulled up a picture, and I mean this with the greatest respect respectfully i hate yeah. her oh uh, yes terrifying
0: i i hate you with the utmost respect la Pasqualita. Yes. so yes it, so in contrast to the often blank just like white mannequins that you see in shopping malls which we've made fun of on many occasion and their only purpose is to basically show off the clothes that they are dressed in la pasqualita's elaborate wedding dress is often the only is often only the second thing that like People passing by will take note of because first they they check out this creepy bitch <laughs> and they're like oh and then they're like oh oh <laughs>
1: that's I I don't know what my react well I think it would be fear mostly if I turned around and in that window she's standing like that I would be like is that a I immediately would think it was a person
0: yeah yeah for sure um, so people have. Indeed been taking note ever since pa- La Pascualita first appeared in the window of a bridal store in Chihuahua, Mexico in 1930. So she's been hanging out in this window a long time, also, like many a fashion.
1: <laughs> like, why a bridal store? I don't know. Everything about it bugs me.
0: Yeah, this is very spooky, scary skeletons. So It is. The locals were supposedly immediately struck not only by the mannequin's lifelike appearance, but by the close resemblance she bore to the daughter of the shop owner. Pascuala Esparza. So, oh, yes. Amazingly, La Pascualita has lived in the La Popular store window for over 90 years. And she made her first uh, appearance on the 25th of March, 1930, reportedly wearing a gown from the spring summer collection. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um
0: <clears throat> And, like I said, they were curiously concerned uh, about her uncanny resemblance to the owner, Pascuala Esparz, and given the recent passing of her daughter, rumors of a rather grisly origin instantly began to, you know, kind of, like, swirl around the mannequin and such. And there's even... There's even a rumor that La Pascualita will change her position when no one's looking.
1: (laughs) No. No. We don't I'm not having that.
0: We do not like it. Um... So... Uh, La Pasqualita is constantly on view for all to see, um, and, you know, they, they, like, there's just been, like I said, painstaking detail put into her hands and skin, and like I said, the, the varicose veins on her legs, and even her hair looks very real, um, and according to the story, the, their daughter, the shop owner's daughter, was preparing to be married when she was tragically bitten by a black widow spider and succumbed to its poison on her wedding day.
1: Holy shit.
0: Talk about a turn of events. And it wasn't long after her death that the mannequin appeared in the shop window, giving birth to the legend that it was in fact not a mannequin at all. And over the years, customers have claimed that her eyes will follow them as they walk around the store, or that they have turned to find her suddenly in a different position. Uh, her presence is rumored to even unnerve some of the shop workers, with one claiming, quote, Every time I go near Pasqualita, my hands break out in a sweat. Her hands are very realistic, and she even has varicose veins on her legs. I believe she's a real person. I'll tell you what, if I worked in that store, my hands would be clammy all the time.
1: I wouldn't work in that store. <laughs> Touche. Um. <laughs> but yes, if I did, I would be in a full panic all the time. I don't think I would ever let her out of my eyeline. You know oh, what I'm no. saying?
0: I would constantly be watching this bitch. Like, I mean, yeah. just like full on, just we're never, you know, so... Another local legend claims that La Pasqualita is in fact just a mannequin, or at least started that way. But according to this version of the story, a visiting French magician became so entranced by the bridal mannequin that he would visit her window each night and bring her to life, dancing with her and bringing her around town before returning her to the storefront each morning. That's some sick shit. I hate that. I know. So anyway, whatever her true origins may be, La Pascualita has become a local legend in her own right over the decades, and the details of the mannequin's origins are almost impossible to confirm, and even the name Pascuala Esparza may have been an invention after the fact. It does seem improbable that an embalmed corpse, of course, would remain (laughs) completely intact in the Mexican heat over the course of eight decades, especially right in a shop window. (laughs)
1: um, Over the course of eight decades. Because,
0: of course, that shit would start to reek. Um, but the current owner seems to know that La-, La Pascualita is at least good for business because when asked for the truth about the famous mannequin, in his storefront, he simply winked and replied, quote, is it true? I really couldn't say. Oh, yeah. And that's it for La Pascualita. Wow. She's spooky. Spookala she i I and, and when I was like reading about this and looking at all of these pictures and taking my notes and shit, I was like, damn. This is an unnerving bitch. That's the word for her. She's unnerving.
1: I agree. Yeah. That I it's not that her her picture alarms me, but you're right. Like it's very unnerving, especially because you mentioned the hands and I found the picture of the hands the second Dude. I saw you started talking about it and I was like, "Oh, like the detail in her hands is I know. crazy." It's
0: the hands. It's it's really the hands for me. <laughs>
1: I, can't, I don't I, I can't. She's very fucking unnerving.
0: Yes, so so thank you to our listener for the
1: boogala suggestion. And also, if you can, look up the pictures of that. Yeah, that, check out the whatever pictures. Whatever she is. But I gotta say, if I'm the shop owner, not only am I making weird comments like that, but also I'm moving that bitch all around. Oh, big time. I'm definitely, like...
0: If you've got this shit, like, you you better just, like, roll with it big time. You you're right, exactly. Like, like, you need to just, like, cash in on that. <laughs> I'd be like...
1: Yeah, th- that's when you <laughs> that's when you play the dices and you double down. That's exactly
0: right. So, that's La Pascualita. She was a fun one to read about. Um, and I gotta say, The Legend, though, <laughs> my favorite is, like, all of a sudden it's like, and she was bitten by a black widow
1: on her wedding day, and it's like, oh. And you're like, oh! <laughs> Damn, <laughs>
0: okay.
1: <laughs> and you're like, okay, we took a hard left.
0: Wow. Wow. So, yeah, that's, wow. that's La Pascualita. Thank you. Wow. Gracias. Yeah. So, yeah. And, that was crazy. Guys, if you guys think we should go to Mexico and check her out, let us know.
1: Yeah. So, I can absolutely shit my pants.
0: <laughs> Co hosts who shit their pants together stay together. That's exactly right. <laughs> what do you have for
1: right. us, 2D? 2D! Before. Judy, before I do that, I might move to a different table. Okay, all right. Um, elevator Hold, music please. here.
0: Oh my god, I am I mean, li- literally just looking at a tangle of lies.
1: <laughs> she's beauty, it she's looks, grace. It looks
0: like an octopus. What's going yeah. on?
1: <laughs> Listen, nothing's going well, and sometimes that's fine. I might turn off the dryer. Okay. It's so loud. Just like, Grrr. And what a journey that was. That was fun. But hopefully the noise is gone. All right. So you guys only had to listen to it. It
0: just added to the eeriness of La Pascualita.
1: That's right. But she is very, I agree, very fucking unnerving. Big time.
0: Yeah. Like I said, clammy hands galore. We'd we'd be sweating, you know.
1: A lot of panic. A lot of panic. So I'm doing... A conspiracy theory. Here comes a conspiracy theory. (laughs) I'm doing the Philadelphia experiment.
0: Can I just say, it came out once out of my mouth, conspiracy theory, and now I will never live that shit down.
1: (laughs) But also, it's way more fun to say that than it is to say it normally.
0: (laughs) I know, it just adds to the fact that it's so ridiculous. Like, whatever whatever it is, I guarantee it's absurd. (laughs) I,
1: I guarantee it, you should be saying conspiracy theory. When you're talking about it. (laughs)
0: Damn it. All right. (laughs) Take it away. So,
1: this, like I said, was an odd fam request. Hi, Sam. Oh, hello, hello, hello. So, everybody hang tight, because I'm about to rip this bitch up. Oh, here we go. (laughs) So, this is a conspiracy, Mm. About a military experiment supposed to have been carried out by the U.S. Navy at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania... Sometime around October 28th, 1943.
0: Ah, I remember it well.
1: It was a time. The U.S. Navy destroyer escort USS Eldridge was claimed to have been rendered invisible or cloaked to enemy devices. Same. Honestly, that's a superpower, the only superpower I want. I want to be able to turn invisible for long periods of time.
0: (laughs) A life goal.
1: Yeah, that's it. I want to disappear. (laughs) so this originated in late 1955 when carl m allen which i love because that's basically 10 years later yes
0: yes and i also love people with two first names
1: yeah carl m allen oh this guy's a trip Mm. he sent an anonymous package marked happy easter containing a copy of morris k jessup's book the Case for the UFO, Unidentified Flying Objects, to the U.S. Office of Naval Research.
0: I, the, I'm i thrilled with this opening. We've got UFOs oh. in here already, and we've got Happy Easter.
1: <laughs> what the Happy fuck? Easter.
0: Happy Easter, everybody.
1: <laughs> so, the book was filled with handwritten notes in the margins, written with three different shades of blue ink, appearing to detail a debate among three different individuals but only one of them is given a name jemmy
0: wow does this guy have like does he have like um um
1: like personality
0: yeah yeah right
1: yeah i mean here we fucking go with this guy okay so these three different individuals quote-unquote Comment on the author Jessup's ideas about the propulsion for flying saucers. Flying saucers. Flying saucers. Yep. (laughs) Discuss alien races and express concern that Jessup was too close to discovering their technology. In my notes, I go, as if Carl Allen isn't just taking different fountain pens and being insane, but okay.
0: Right, right. We've We've got a couple solid theories here.
1: Yeah. So the comment, the the people who are writing in the margins, the commenters, refer to each other as gypsies and discuss two different types of people living in outer space. Here's my question. If they're aliens, why are they using the word gypsies? Why? Seems like a very specific English word. And why are they writing in English?
0: Wah, wa we wah, gypsy. <laughs> I can't.
1: The, the fact that this is something people believe makes me want to rip out my eyeballs. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. That this but, is its origin? Like, are we okay, gang? Of all the words we could use, why did we choose gypsy, though? Gypsies. God, all right. So, their texts contain non-standard use of capitalization and punctuation. Style points. In my notes, I go, as if that isn't something a person living on this planet would do. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Why would aliens know our punctuation or capitalization? Why would they be writing in English? I'm going to lose my mind.
0: They're the superior life form. (laughs) They know it all
1: already. (laughs) Good God. Um, Aliens. Aliens. So they detailed a lengthy discussion of merits of various elements of Jessup's assumptions in the book and they made very oblique references to the Philadelphia experiment. Uh. shortly thereafter in January 1956, Allen began sending letters to Jessup using his given name as well as Carlos Miguel Aliande.
0: Why? Why? Okay.
1: So the first known letter warned Jessup not to investigate the levitation of unidentified flying objects. In my notes I go, so is this guy insane or what? <laughs> I'm warning
0: you, don't investigate
1: these. Don't do it. Love, Carlos. Don't. Stop. Like, what's happening? What the fuck? Okay. So, Alan told a story of dangerous science based on unpublished theories by Albert Einstein. How did he know that? Gonna brush right by it, because we've left logic way behind. Good old Albie Einstein. All right. Albie... So he further claimed a scientist named Franklin Reno put these theories into practice at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard in October 1943. Allen claimed to have witnessed the experiment while serving aboard the SS Andrew Furiseth. In his account... A destroyer escort was successfully made invisible by the ship, inexplicably teleporting to Norfolk, Virginia, for several minutes and then reappearing in the Philadelphia yard.
0: Oh, so a lot happened. So not only did it go invisible, but then it teleported and teleported back and became visible again? That's right. What a feat. Okay. How do we, if it went and invisible, how do we know that it teleported? Correct. Okay.
1: Also, how do you know what happened in a matter of minutes?
0: How indeed?
1: So the ship's crew, because obviously there were people on board, it's a destroyer. Mm. I almost said star destroyer. (laughs) Why not? Let's
0: throw that into the mix, too, while we're at it. It fits the bill.
1: It does. The ship's crew was supposed to have suffered various side effects, including intangibility being frozen in place and insanity. I go, I agree with the insanity thing. That part fits. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Intangibility? What is it? What is, what is that?
1: I think it's like being unable, not touching like could, things. Could,
0: could they, like, so could they not be touched or could they not touch things? We just don't know. And
1: were they frozen in place or were they just insane?
0: Well, I, yeah, I don't know.
1: So when Jessup wrote back requesting more information to corroborate the story because he's a person with a brain. yes. Allen said his memory would have to be recovered and referred to what seems to be a non-existent Philadelphia newspaper article that Allen claimed covered the incident.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Keyword
1: there being non-existent.
0: Non-existent. Mm, correct. Yes. Yeah. In
1: 1957, Jessup was invited to the Office of Naval Research where he was shown the annotated copy of his book. Can you imagine what that conversation was like? Oh my God, I can't even... I just have noticed the handwriting of the annotations resembled the letters he'd received from Alan. And I wrote, because I'm curious about this, didn't the naval research confirm that's where they got it from?
0: Well, yeah, why wouldn't they try and confirm that?
1: Like, wouldn't that whole this have tied this up in a bow? I would have been like, oh, this guy's insane. And I wow. would have let it go.
0: I yeah. I I really don't know. But right now, all I'm picturing is a bunch of dudes standing around having this absurd conversation while they're drinking coffee out of styrofoam cups. That's exactly what Big I'm time. picturing at the moment.
1: <laughs> I gotta tell you, what it really is, is a huge fucking waste of time by these That's, guys. That is correct. <laughs> God damn it. So, 12 years later, Alan would say that he authored all of the annotations in order to, quote, scare the hell out of Jessup, unquote. Uh, Okay. I, so, okay. Two officers at the Office of Naval Research, Captain Sidney Sherby and Commander George W. Hoover, took a personal interest in the matter. Don't we have more important things to do? Like make fun of their names? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I included them just for you. Thank you. <laughs> I knew you'd like them. <laughs> Sherby and Hoover. Jesus, so <laughs> Hoover later explained that his duties as special projects officer sounds like a fake title mm. required him to investigate many publications and that he ultimately found nothing of substance to the alleged invisibility experiment. Thank you so much
0: thank you, thank you for your investigation special right a uh, special projects officer
1: <laughs> also <laughs> why didn't it take you three seconds? <laughs> why didn't you see the book hear Jessup be like, oh this this handwriting looks like the crazy letters I've been getting telling me not to pursue certain things. This is probably the same guy.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, sounds like bullshit. Case closed. Yeah. Time time to write a lengthy report.
1: <laughs> right. Also, how are you? how are you looking at this different punctuation in the annotations of the book and being like, this must be an alien because he didn't put a comma here. Like, and, what's happening? And
0: the K at the end of break is capitalized.
1: It's very obscure. <laughs> it basically sounds like kids on in the 90s on AIM. That sounds exactly correct. So, Hoover discussed even though he's like, "Oh, there's nothing to this." He discusses the annotations with this guy Austin N Stanton, who's the president of Varrell Manufacturing Corporation of Garland, Texas who becomes so interested that his office begins producing mimeographed copies of Jessup's book with the annotations and Allen's letters, first a dozen and then eventually 127 copies. What? Why? I can't stress this enough. Why? (laughs) Why? 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 All right. So these copies become known as the Varro edition. Jessup tried to publish more books on the subject of UFOs, but is unsuccessful here's the saddest part for me losing his publisher and experiencing a succession of downturns in his personal life led him to take his own life in florida on the 30th of april 1959 oh so this fucking clown yep is sending him letters yep and is doing all this shit with this book to scare the bejesus out of him and now this guy takes his own life this like, guy what? is a clown what? This fucking guy's a clown. So, the various book writers who tried to get more information from Carl Allen found his responses elusive or couldn't find him at all. Sounds totally reasonable and not at all insane. Mm, mm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: A reporter interviewed his family and was handed a pile of documents and books all scribbled with annotations. They described him as a fantastic mind. Doubt it. Uh, but also. Okay. But also a drifter and a master leg puller.
0: Okay. That's maybe more fitting.
1: Yeah. The historian Mike Dash notes that many authors who publicized the Philadelphia experiment story after Jessup appear to have conducted little or no research of their own. Hmm. Okay. That's what makes a good story. No research.
0: We love no research going into our stories.
1: Yes, there was an account of the story that claimed to include factual information, such as transcripts of an interview with a scientist involved in in the experiment, but their work has been criticized for plagiarizing key story elements from the novel Thin Air, which was published a year prior to this account. (laughs) I mean... Is this just like, is this just like a grouping of the most ridiculous people in the world? (laughs) This sounds like it's a group of scumbags that are just like, this is crazy.
0: I can't. I really can't with this. This is great.
1: So personnel at the 4th Naval District have suggested that the alleged event was a misunderstanding of routine research during World War II at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. An earlier theory was that the foundation of these stories arose from degaussing experiments, which have the effect of making a ship undetectable or invisible to magnetic mines. Okay. Which I'll talk about because I was like, what the fuck is degaussing?" Right. I don't, I don't even think I'm saying that right. Anyway, another possible origin of the story about levitation, teleportation and effects on the human crew might be attributed to experiments with the generating plant of the destroyer USS Timmerman, where a high frequency generator produced Corona discharges, but none of the crew reported suffering effects from the experiment okay so it sounds like he's just taking all these things that happened in in individual events and he's like and then it disappeared and you like, no. this is like the and
0: largest then, conglomeration of of grasping for straws at
1: straws <laughs> that's what this is like that's all this is yeah so okay Observers have argued that it is inappropriate to grant credence to an unusual story promoted by one individual in the absence of corroborating evidence. That Ah. should be on a t-shirt. Yes. Because it is highly inappropriate to grant credence to a story promoted by one individual in the absence of corroborating evidence.
0: That is correct.
1: In Fate magazine in 1980, there was a report that Carl Allen who was corresponding with Jessup was Carl Meredith Allen of New Kensington, Pennsylvania, who had an established history of of psychiatric illness and who may have fabricated the primary history of the experiment as a result of his mental illness. Oh, okay. There we go. So there it is. And there it is. So why is this... Anyway... So the USS Eldridge was not commissioned until the 27th of August, 1943, and it remained in port in New York until September 1943. So the October experiment that allegedly took place while the ship was on its first shakedown cruise in the Bahamas. I structured that inappropriately. What's a shakedown
0: cruise? (laughs) I don't know, but it sounds like a party. Sign me the fuck up.
1: (laughs) So they, this October experiment took place while the ship was in its first shakedown cruise in the Bahamas. Okay. So, but people, of course, are like, well, the logs um, were falsified or they were classified. No, no, no. It was on its, it was partying in the Bahamas, whatever we were, shakedown we were, we cruise were We were doing is. a shakedown in the Bahamas. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And the Office of Naval Research stated in September 1996, it has never conducted investigations on radar invisibility either in nineteen forty three or at any other time.
0: <laughs> While we're at it, we might have just we might as well cover all the times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking office of Naval Research is like, we're not doing this again. <laughs> stop. Everybody stop. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. So- <laughs> So a reunion of Navy veterans who had served aboard the USS Eldridge told a Philadelphia newspaper in April 99 that their ship never even made port in Philadelphia. (laughs) Further evidence discounting the Philadelphia experiment timeline comes from the USS Eldridge complete World War II action report, including the remarks section of the 1943 deck log. So here's an alternative explanation that I feel like is interesting. Researcher Jacques Vallet described a procedure on board the USS Engstrom, which was docked alongside Eldridge in forty three. The operation involved the generation of a powerful electromagnetic field on board the ship in order to depermit or degauss it, with the goal of rendering the ship undetectable or invisible to magnetically fused undersea mines and torpedoes. So degaussing or deperming is basically defined as the process of decreasing or eliminating a magnetic field.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's, that's all very viable and that's fine. I get that. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: The process was used widely during World War II and British ships of the era included degaussing systems built into the upper decks, which are basically still visible on the deck of the HMS Belfast in London. Oh. Huh. Degaussing is still used today, but it has no ev- effect on like, visible light or radar. But Valet speculates that accounts of the USS Angstrom's degaussing might have been garbled in subsequent retellings, and these accounts may have influenced the story of the Philadelphia experiment.
0: Ah, and this is the story of so much of history. It is a game of telephone gone wrong.
1: And then occasionally somebody who gets the next line, who's next in line in telephone, just makes shit up and passes it.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, somebody who's next in line who happens to be like a crackpot... (laughs) (laughs) Right. Just like...
1: Oh, God. So here's the other tie-in that I think is interesting. Valet cites a veteran who served on board the USS Angstrom and who suggests it might have traveled from Philly to Norfolk and back again in a single day at a time when merchant ships could not, by use of the Chesapeake and Delaware Canal and Chesapeake Bay, which at the time was open only to naval vessels. Use of that channel was kept super quiet because German submarines had ravaged shipping along the East Coast and military ships that were unable to protect themselves were secretly moved via canals to avoid that threat.
0: Okay, that's interesting.
1: So that's where Valet's like, maybe that's where the disappearance thing came from, but it definitely didn't just turn invisible. Basically, Valet's like, Well, there were degaussing things going on and they were using canals, so maybe that's why. But basically, it didn't happen.
0: (laughs) He's like, here's where your tall tales actually come from.
1: Which I appreciate. Like, here's the the possible originators of these tall tales. Please ignore the weird margin writing person.
0: Yes, correct.
1: Carl and, that's and the Carlos. Philadelphia experiment.
0: Yes, wow. That a
1: conspiracy theory.
0: That was a that was a conspiracy theory. That that was something.
1: Um And I gotta tell you, my favorite thing in the world is to research conspiracy theories because it's just like the second you start reading about it, you're like, how do people believe this?
0: <laughs> when I start it, reading the- about when I start reading about conspiracy theories, I'm like
1: how are we still alive? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like all you, all people have to do is just open one Google search, just one, and you'll be like, yeah. "Oh, this sounds absurd."
0: Yes. Oh my god. I.
1: This is I, the wildest one.
0: I loved this episode. This episode was a blast. We
1: it was a, a wild one.
0: We have an unnerving, creepy lady hanging out in in uh, a Mexican bridal storefront, and then we have. <laughs> We have the conspiracy theory of all conspiracy theories. This is a lot.
1: A fucking ship disappearing, a reappearing, teleporting, disappearing, and then disappearing. I can't. I mean, wow. and in my notes, the first bullet just says, "Well, it didn't happen, so let's start there." Then there you
0: have it. Wow. Well, you know what? Here's here's an episode. Here's a mind fuck of an episode for all of you have a good week
1: (laughs) that's right it's a wild one gang strap in because ships can't disappear but maybe mannequins can move if the shop owner (laughs) is fucked up enough
0: i feel like mine is more probable than yours
1: (laughs) but okay but can you imagine right if she wasn't a mannequin can you imagine the smell in that store oh
0: my god i don't give a shit i mean embalmed or not if it's sitting in a storefront in heat and high temperatures Ugh. for decades, it's going to fucking smell. And it's going to deteriorate, and it's going to get nasty.
1: I mean, you've been wedding dress shopping. I have. You're not. It's not like you're in there for 10 minutes.
0: No, you're in there usually for an hour. For me, it was about an hour and a half. And also, it was fucking hot in there. Like, And that was the dead of winter in New Jersey, and it was hot in there.
1: Okay, also, though... If if – I'm just saying, hypothetically, if she's not a mannequin, I fully believe she is. But I love the fact that they're keeping it up because that's kind of hilarious.
0: You have to. I love it.
1: But can you imagine what her – whatever comes off of her would do to the dress? Dude,
0: so much ooze. So so much ooze. That's all I'm going to say. And (laughs) – well, everybody (laughs) – with that, watch out for moving mannequins and disappearing ships.
1: <laughs> yeah, just keep your eye on everything basically.
0: And everybody keep your capitalization and your punctuation, keep everything in check. And always and only use one shade of blue to write in, please.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cuz if you use 3, it could be 3 different aliens having a conversation.
0: 3 different gypsies.
1: 3 different gypsies. That's Un- fucking believable. Jesus.
0: All right everybody. Well, <laughs> As always, thank you for listening, and until next time,
1: stay strange.